Hello, this is Grant Kirkup. I'm famous for saying Ubinaka and Ikabokum. And you're listening to We Podcast and We Know Things. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 189 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. So we only got a little show today. Yeah, it's it's a little show, but big stories in it so we have some really good things to talk about tonight uh you know we got our picks of the week some trivia we got some pokemon sword and shield expansion pass news uh some news on the ps5 launch event uh one of sam's not favorite but a a movie sam liked this year that i wasn't crazy about is getting a sequel uh and then we're gonna have at least i am gonna have some impressions of space force i don't know if sam watched it or not but uh, we're going to do a fun top three tonight in the realm of the soft drink. So I'm excited about that little carbonated beverage. Sam will give us CGC spotlight and we will get on out of here. So like we said, a potentially short show, but jam packed full of good stuff. It would not be our podcast, however, without us starting with our picks of the week. And <clears throat> my pick of the week again will come from YouTube. It's free. I just been after everything going on. I just kind of, you know. You might need a little laugh just to get away for a little bit. So I don't know if you heard of this comedian, Sam Morell. Yep. He's a New York comedian. His second special, absolutely free on YouTube, is called I Got This. Has over 2 million views already. He released it in February of this year. Um, He's, you know, buddies with Mark Norman, Ari Shafir, um, Bobby Kelly, all the New York guys. It's, It's only 47 minutes long, but... He just kind of hit me. I didn't know who he was until if it was for podcast, I would have no idea who Sam Rell is, but he's just sharp. He's funny. And, you know, he, he reminds me of Ari Shafir a little bit where he could say some things. He'd be like, hopefully people aren't, don't get too sensitive. But if you just kind of want, you know, he got his start on the Colbert report. A lot of people like the Colbert report. Then he was on Conan. So he, he definitely was around the right people to get him, you know, that little notch up. And he's buddies with all the comedians from New York. So if you want to have 47 minutes to spare, Want to hear him tell some funny ass stories? Check it out, Sam Morell on YouTube. I got this. I will say though, I mean, I took you up on your pick of the week a couple weeks ago with Mark Normand, and it was very funny. Um, I will say this: the parts that were funny were incredibly funny, especially the first like twenty minutes or so. So I would trust you at your at face value here for your comedy picks of the week. You got some good ones. Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, it, it's free on, you know, they, as comedians, you know, they make their money on their specials. Obviously, they can't tour right now. So for them to just give out their specials for free, I felt like, you know, if it was funny, I'm going to check it out. And, and it was. So it, it's worth it. Good. I'm going in the TV realm for my pick of the week. And it's also free if you have Amazon Prime, which most people I know do. Um, I don't know how many people out there take advantage of Amazon Prime Video and all of the originals that are on that platform. I think that gets overshadowed by the Netflixes of the world, by the Hulus of the world. But there's some really good stuff on uh, Amazon Prime. Like I always talk about the show Red Oaks and it was it's friggin awesome. But I decided to jump into a new show based on recommendation uh, from one Colin Moriarty. He kind of pushed me over the edge. I've, I've heard a lot of good things about the show, but I never jumped in. It was always fascinating, but now I'm ready to say The Man in the High Castle is awesome. It's so good. Yeah, was that Mark Bernard? Was he, did he write an episode of that? I want to say he did. This is a show, if you don't know what it is about, think about uh, it's, it's, fict- it's fictitious, right? So it's fiction, but 
it's basically a retelling of World War II if uh, America lost the war, if the Nazis and Japan won World War II. And, and when you look at the United States in this world, uh, everything east of the Rockies is Nazi Germany uh, controlled and everything west of the Rockies is the Japanese Pacific States. And then the Rocky Mountains are considered the neutral zone where a lot of people flee to to get away from the tyranny of both of those factions. It takes place in the 60s. So it's not only a period piece from a time that I am fascinated by, but it's also an alternate view of history. And it surrounds you know, a lot of different characters, but really focuses in on two. I won't, I won't give any spoilers away. We are five episodes into the first season right now. There are four full seasons available, so we have plenty more to go, but we're completely, completely gripped by this show. I love every second of it. Can't recommend it enough, especially for history buffs, for people that like alternate views of history and for people that just like a good drama series, uh, with some violence and some good stuff in it. The man in the high castle on Amazon prime video. Yeah, I think I did hear a good a good couple things on that, and I'm pretty sure Mark Bernard did write a couple because I I believe I heard more Fat Man on that. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's you know Ozark, Better Call Saul that like that level, but it's definitely in the next tier down. It's really really good. All right, I'll have to check that out. So let's get into our trivia, Sam. It is six for me, four and a half for you in our race to eleven. Win by two. It's two to two in our series. Uh, I have two wins, and you have two wins, but. I've been on a roll lately. Uh, I think this two or three weeks in a row I've gotten a question right. So I'm going to try and continue that streak. Hit me with your question, friend. Here we go. Who is Optimus's Prime's brother? I don't know. Can I have the answers, please? (laughs) Okay. A, Ultra Magnus. B, Megatron. C, Soundwave. D, Unicron. Megatron. Incorrect. Ah, shucks. Ultra Magnus. I would have, I know literally nothing about Transformers except that's where I first saw Megan Fox. That's it. Uh, I, I did watch the, the animated show, the cartoon growing up, but yeah, I that's, never, that's kind of what I figured. I was like, well, if you watch, if you did watch the cartoon, he may have an idea. Yeah. I, I haven't watched it since I was a kid. It's one of those shows. I didn't have like a nostalgic, nostalgia yearning for it. I didn't always love it. It's no, it's, it's no captain planet. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I agree. <laughs> All right. So my question is like two or three sentences. So ha- it's three sentences. So hang in there. All right. All right. Coca-Cola has a very wide variety of drinks outside of just Coke, right? It's got all these other brands. I think Dasani is under Coke, all that stuff. It even began as a tonic to cure exhaustion. But the original Coca-Cola was invented by pharmacist John Pemberton in what decade? Not year, just a decade. What decade? I have no idea. You have. You can get any one of the ten years. I don't care. Just give me the decade. I don't know how far Coca Cola goes back, my friend. All right, just to give me some odds, just hit me with an answer so I I can close this down. Did Coca Cola get invented in the eighteen eighties? The 1900s, the 1920s, or the 1940s? All right, I'm going to go with 1920s. It is the 1880s. Jesus Christ, it's been around that long? I want to say it was 1886, and the guy – so a pharmacist invented it, and I think it was either his assistant or uh, like a delivery guy or something like that came up with the logo – and they've say, they've stayed with that very same logo ever ever since. 
Wow. I, dude, I had no idea Coca-Cola was around in 1800s. 1886. Now, original. I saw some original ads for it, and it was literally, it said, are you tired, question mark, drink a Coca-Cola? Because the caffeine woke people up, so they used it as a cure for exhaustion. Well, and I'm sure the cocaine also helped also. <laughs> that, that it used to be in that. Yeah. So it is so, still six to four and a half. We've both struck out this week, but we were due. We were on a little bit of a hot streak. Yeah, I mean, Christ, I, I needed you to get one wrong. So, all right, I'll take it over into gaming. And like you said, we had Pokemon. We'll start it off in Pokemon. We have the Pokemon Sword and Shield, the DLC news. Yeah, so the Sword and Shield expansion past the Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra, both announced back in January. Uh, one was supposed to come out in June, the other in November. We have a little bit more news about that. And I'll tell you, it does not feel like six months has passed um, since the announcements, which is crazy to think that the Isle of Armor is now just two weeks away, friend, now 13 days away from when we're recording this on Thursday, June 4th, of course, 2020. It is coming out Wednesday, June 17th, the Isle of Armor. Now, the Crown Tundra is still scheduled for for November, but we're going to get the Isle of Armor for June 17th. I would I was expecting June 30th or so. I'm excited that I'm going to get it halfway through the month. Yeah, so th- this is going to be a day one purchase for you, correct? Oh, I've already purchased it. I purchased it in okay. January. So Okay, yeah. It was a $30 $30 expansion pass um and I purchased it and I haven't played Sword and Shield since probably February, maybe March. Um uh, maybe very oh, very been a while. since I completed the decks. Um, and I got one shiny. I was kind of just like, all right, I did everything I wanted to do. Once the DLC was announced, I had something else to look forward to. So I said, let me put it down for a few months. That when I, that way, when I dive back in, everything feels new again and the cities, the towns, and then this new expansion, the Isle of Armor, which looks en- enormous, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, I can kind of dive back in and get that whimsical feeling of Pokemon on my TV. Not to mention, uh, I'm not going to get into specifics, but I did just remodel my basement and I'll tell you. It's gonna look real good on this te- in this television down here. So, uh, oh, and I already, I already said it's like a movie theater in, in your basement now. So. And and I live in a Philly row home, so if you can imagine a Philly row home with a theater at the bottom, I we we put some hard work into this. So when you walk yeah. in here, eventually you'll you won't even recognize the room. No, I I can't freaking wait because I, I know you've been busting your ass the past couple of months. Yeah, every single Saturday and Sunday, and now uh, three weeks from or I'm sorry, two weeks. From Saturday, I'm having a carpenter come in and finish the rest. So we'll be we'll be done by July. The oh, whole, nice. The whole room. Now, so, quick question. Yeah. On on the DLC news, all the Pokemon that were shown, were they all new or were only some of them going to be new? Most. So the very, very vast majority were new. Um, so you had Tauros and Scyther and Bufalon and Ma, uh, Mianfu and and Absol. Yeah. So yeah. Blastoise and Venusaur were already um, – shown off or already confirmed, but we did not know what their Gigantamax was going to look like. I believe, I I don't know if we got that outside of like a, it was written on a piece of paper. Like it was drawn on a piece of paper. We never got the full render. And now we saw them in action. Blastoise looks okay. Um, I, they always try to more pumps coming out. They always try to make them with more pumps. Even as mega evolution, they made the pumps bigger. And I just don't love that. I, I don't know what I would do personally, but I think there's a better answer than just give them more pumps. Um, I mean, I think he's fine as is. Like, he already looks awesome. But you got to give him a Gigantamax if you're going to Gigantamax Charizard and Venusaur. You just kind of got to. So yeah. I, I guess they did what they could. But I think Venusaur's looks awesome. So 
if, if you haven't seen them all, they're all on our Instagram right now at we podcast and we know things. A lot of the big new Pokemon are on there. If you want to go ahead and scroll and, uh, Venusaur, they took his flower, they turned it upside down and made it flap down over his head like a sh- like a helmet. It looks really cool. Yeah, that I don't. That, I think I thought we saw that one before. I thought I didn't like when that his whole his flower just got bigger. Yeah, no, you're you're yeah. not wrong. You're not wrong. Charizard gets fire wings, and then Blastoise just gets more water, and Venusaur just gets a little bigger. So <laughs> <laughs> he just gets a bigger flower. You know, if if it, it was never a mystery who the most popular of the three Kanto starters is. Uh, but there was more to this uh, than just, you know, some new Pokemon. And I don't want to understate how cool it is that Absol and Scyther uh, and a lot of those Pokemon are uh, confirmed because that not only means that Scyther is available, but Scizor is too, whom I also love. So that's yeah. a, I was waiting to see Abra kind of floating in the background because then I'd be all in because, you know, Alakazam is my favorite Pokemon. So I, I am looking forward to... Abra eventually being available because I cannot see them not including yeah, such it's an only important Pokemon. He, I, I would bet he's involved in this. I would bet um, because the Crown Tundra seems to be a lot of legendaries, like a ton of legendaries. So we'll, we'll get into that when we need to. But they unveiled the names and typing of the two new Reggie legendaries that we saw in the original trailer back in January. That's Regilecki, which is the electric type, and then Reggie Drago, which is the dragon type legendary. So we're going to get even more legendaries. Uh, we were also introduced right away to a sleeping Galarian Slowbro. Instead of the shelter attaching to his tail like normal Slowbro, it's now on his arm. He looks like Mega Man. <laughs> no, no, wait. So we're... The legendaries were they the ones you get for free or no? That's Cub Fu. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and I did. Say, it looks like they showed you both of his fighting styles. Like the one looks awesome. Yeah, they did the the single strike and I think the rapid strike is what it's called. Yeah, single. I'm gonna go with ever which whichever one is the water type as the one I'm gonna go with. I think that's rapid strike. Yeah, I think it is too. Um, Galarian Slowbro, poison psychic type, and it has a new move, Shell Sidearm, which is actually unique to its form. I don't know if it's this move or another move that he does, but a special move only to Galarian Slowbro is his his move, the damage. So you know in Pokemon how there's uh, physical damage and special damage? Yeah. So it'll actually switch to whichever one is more effective. Okay, I like that. I, I can go with that. So I can I see that. Galarian Slowbro being a pretty a, a powerhouse in this um, if for some reason they made him not so slow because... I think they may have made him faster because in the trailer, you see three Galarian Slowpoke running fast to the point where dust is kicking up. So I think they might have uh, done that and made Galarian Slowbro not so slow. So that would be pretty cool. I can see Slowbro being, being pretty, pretty, pretty friggin' tanky if, let's say, Alakazam, who has insane special defense, but his physical defense is crap. Yeah, he stinks. He, and and if you hit him with a physical move, it's gonna it's gonna hurt him real bad. So I just love the idea of an offensive move switching between physical and special. That's really cool to me. So I can see him being a part of my team. He looks cool. Like I said, he looks like Mega Man. But uh, yeah, he was cool. We also learned about the typing of the Galarian um, mythical birds from Gen One: Articuno, Zapdos, Moltres. Uh, Galarian Articuno. Normally, Articuno is an ice type. He is now psychic flying, so that's really cool. Galarian Zapdos, now a bird of land as opposed to flying. He's got two big long legs he runs around on. Is Instead of electric, he is fighting flying. And then Galarian Moltres, instead of fire, is dark flying. So completely different uh, 
trio of of types for our Galarian legendaries. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess out of that is probably Moltres, probably the cooler one. Um, I think Articuno looks the coolest, but I think I'm most excited to use Zapdos. I like the idea. Like the, the way you just said it, it like a like a dodo or doduo. I was like, eh, nah. You're you're not super wrong. I mean, you've seen him before back in January. I know it's been a little bit, but yeah, it's been you know six months. Yeah, I I don't know. I really like it. I I really like all three of them to be honest. And before, I'm just not a Moltres guy. So before I was Articuno, Zapdos, Moltres. I'm still in that order. But now Moltres is actually somebody I'm, I'm interested in as opposed to just kind of another fire type. Um, yeah. The Isle of Armor will also give us the Gigantamax forms of all three starters for Gen 8. So Rillaboom, Cinderace, and Inteleon all getting new G-Max moves. They showed those off before, so this, that shouldn't be anything new. Um, all getting, you know, Rillaboom's getting these really long growths out of its uh, hair. And Inteleon's going up on the pole made of water. And Cinderace is has a giant soccer ball made of fire. He's going to kick at your face. So some cool stuff there. Um, Chansey has con- be- been confirmed. And Azuril, which is also Meryl, uh, they're yeah, confirmed yeah, for the game. Cool. And uh, I can't even think of the third one in that. Azuril, Meryl, and uh, Zuromel, and, and Azumarill, I think, is the third one. Um, then they also, again, gave us a little bit more on Cubfu and Urshifu and Calyrex and Dynamax Soup. You can eat soup with friends and... Uh, get Dynamax points for it. So there's a lot to be uh, still uncovered for this, but we're only two weeks away. I hope this is the last thing we get. I don't want a launch trailer that gives away more Pokemon. I want to go into this thing having no idea how many Pokemon are even in it. That way I don't yeah, have a number. Yeah, you're two, we're two weeks out. There, there's no reason to do anymore. I'm just... Why give it away? I'm finally excited again for Pokemon because... It's it's been a little bit, and and I think with everything going on in the world right now, it's just it's going to be a really nice escape, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, get ready to dive back in, put them hours in. All right, Ugh. next up, PS5 launch event delayed. We were already supposed to have the news, Sam. We were supposed to be talking about it right now, like yeah. right now. Uh, the Pokemon news would have been second, and this would have been first. We would have probably done an hour. Breaking down the yeah, console. It would have probably just been the PS5 special bonus episode, and then we would have hit everything else I wouldn't, in, a, in a separate episode. I honestly was probably going to propose it if if the conference was meaty enough because they were going to be doing an hour. That's That even yeah. that sucks even more. They were supposed to get 60 minutes. Uh, it was supposed to start three and a half hours ago, but it has been delayed. And don't get me wrong. It was the right move. 100%. Yeah, play, PlayStation did the right move. No doubt about it. Absolute right move. From uh, our perspective on this show, we're going to get it eventually. What I think will happen is it's going to be two weeks from now, and that sucks because I- Isle of Armor is going to drop. So, I mean, it sucks because I don't want the uh, my Isle of Armor impressions to get overshadowed by the PS5 news, but because me thinks that we're going to get a lot of downloads on the PS5 news episode that uh, a lot of people will still get to hear my Isle of Armor impressions. That's what I think. There's no reason to delay this thing just seven days because nothing's going to be changed. If yeah, you go, so I, I could tell you, like what you said, I was already thinking like, okay, I could see like a two, two to three week delay just to kind of, you know, see how things are and, and, you know, go from there. And I think the overarching theme is, dude, we've waited this long. You know, if it's going to launch in October, what's two more weeks? Uh, it stinks because we wanted this to talk about. We were really, really excited about this. And 
Um, like we said, we were going to talk about the console, the look, the features, the games, everything. We probably would have ended up doing a bonus episode just for that. And we, heck, we still may. Um, we'll just, we'll kind of figure that out and see what the conference holds when they, when they indeed do it. There has been no makeup date as of 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, June 4th. You're listening to this on the 5th or after. There may be one now by the time you're listening to this, but as of the time of recording, it does not. So we don't have anything to report but we hope to uh, very soon. We hope and pray. Goosebumps Dead of Night announced for Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. It's a first-person survival horror game, which I love to hear. Now, Goosebumps more of in the, the children to teenager space as opposed to the adult space. So I don't yeah. know how horror it's going to be in that survival horror genre. But when Jack Black is going to voice R.L. Stein, you really can't go wrong. No, so that obviously you know he was in the the one the goosebumps to R.L. Stein, and then the second one he kind of just cameo. I think he was in for a quick second. So yeah. it was just good to see Jack Black. Obviously, we know if you watch Jablinski Games, his YouTube channel, he loves gaming. So to see him come back and do the voice, awesome. What what I really hope it does is I hope it's an anthology game where it's not just one single story. I hope all the books are like chapters in the game, like you play the heart the the haunted mask one and then you play the dummy one and then you play the whatever i, yeah, I that'd be neat. if they try to fit it into all one story i just feel like it could be a lot so i hope they yeah. they do uh different chapters for different books sega's mega announcement has dropped man you want to talk about such a huge announcement for something so small uh <laughs> When you sent me the picture, I was like, what is that? Thing? And I purposely didn't put it on social media or anything. I haven't announced, like made any announcements. I mean, um, we were very, very uh, sparse it's, on our socials this week. It, it's but. this size. What were those things called? A, a Tamagotchi? Tamagotchi, yeah. But I, I looked at it more like a Game & Watch. <laughs> Like those little hand, those tiger handheld electronic games. So of course, okay, what, yeah, yeah. What, okay, we're, yeah. what we're talking about is last week on the show, we had said Sega has this rumor of this announcement that's going to quote unquote, shake up the gaming landscape and be just as big as the PS five reveal. And then what do we get in like the middle of the night in Japan? Only we get the announcement of, I think it's this October. Let me pull up the release date while, uh, while we're talking about it real quick. Yeah, shake shake up the world. It was like a very light breeze October, that I barely felt. I want to say it's October 6th. I don't think it's June 6th. I don't know how uh, Japan does their dates if they put the year for or the month first or the day first. Um, but it's 10-6-2020, I believe, is October, not not June 10th. Um, so I'm going to go with October 6th for 50 bucks. It's, it's 4,980 yen. The Game Gear Micro. Game Gear, huh? I love the Game Gear, right? I have an original Game Gear. I don't have any games for it, but that was my handheld as a kid. Believe me when I tell you this, Sam, I never owned an original Game Boy. Like the big gray beast with the green screen. Like I and I was thinking back, I don't know if I ever got the the great the big gray beast or if I just jumped in with Game Boy Color. My first one was a Pocket but that's because I had a Game Gear, and Game Gear was full color LCD. Well, probably wasn't LCD. Full color screen. You know, it took I think four thousand eight hundred and twenty-two AAA batteries, but uh, or AA batteries. But 
at the same time, it was beautiful. I played Sonic on it. I actually just plugged it in to my wall and played it in my basement all the time. I loved it. I still have a Game Gear. Shout out to Alan Santos for uh, letting me get a Sega and a Game Gear for 20 bucks total. You can't beat that. Great, what a guy. Great friend. But they're coming out with this micro. When I say micro, they actually came out with a Game Boy micro. Um, Game Boy Advanced Micro, maybe it was called, but it was it was literally the same size as what we're seeing here with the photo I sent you, but a Game Boy. So, and people love that system. It's like a cult classic. So I'm thinking that's what this is going to be. It's a very niche market, a very uh, cool little collectible, but to play actual games on, I, I just don't see it happening. I, I believe the game is going to be preloaded. I don't know if it's going to fit Game Gear cartridges. Fucking thing might be as big as a Game Gear cartridge. I, you know, I, I was gonna say, I was like, well, when my iPhone screen is bigger than that, I'm good, bro. If you could fit your like, I think you could probably fit two or th- probably two iPhone screens on no, this and, thing. And that's why I said Tamagotchi. Like, I was just trying to think of something so small that we used to use back in the day, and that was the only thing I could come, I, I, I could think of. Yeah, the Game Gear Micro, ladies and gentlemen, uh, eat your freaking heart out. Yeah, hard pass. Cyberpunk. 2077 digital event night city wire is delayed until june 25th so it's supposed to be june 7th i want to say i think i think it was june 7th and that might be a sunday i can't remember what day maybe june 14th uh, maybe today i don't really remember but uh they delayed it until the june 25th obviously like they said same reason as sony just more important things happening in the world which you totally respect and yeah. uh June twenty fifth. As much as people maybe butthurt about it, like they've been waiting for this game forever, but they they, they did the right move. I personally think that this um, this game is getting a PS five and Xbox Series X um, up port, like a port up to that. Now, I think I may be wrong because the Series X and PS five are supposed to both be back compat with PS four and Xbox One, so they may just go that route instead of doing the like the gta 5 treatment and just making a port for both I, I just don't know but if i had my druthers i would say they're going to do two different SKUs and make that money so uh, i think we're going to get a ps5 and i think that this actually helps the game because now you're going well potentially it depends when the ps5 event is but now you're doing this after the ps5 has been announced which was going to happen anyway because the ps5 is supposed to be today but that's beneficial now the night city wire is actually like a nintendo direct style state of play style inside Xbox style thing, but just around cyberpunk 2077. And and I think that's like the forgotten game this year. Everybody's talking about final fantasy seven and, and even Marvel's Avengers. Cause we're going to get some stuff in June later in June for that. And uh, last of us part two and ghost of Tsushima, but cyberpunk because it's been delayed so many times and it's been in development for like seven or eight years. People just kind of like forget because September's pretty far. And uh, let's not forget about this game. It's most likely going to be right up there with Final Fantasy VII and a lot of and and Last of Us and Ghost in all these Game of the Year conversations. Yeah, because when, when they did the the forty five minute of gameplay, like the game actually looked really cool. So I'm interested to see what this Night City Wire really is. Yeah, and they they actually made a lot of changes on to the gameplay since then. And I actually like two weeks ago when they announced this Night City Wire, went back and watched the full forty five minutes for the first time. I only watched about five minutes of it before, so uh, oh, wow. I was fucking blown away. So I was I was really really happy with the way the game was looking. I'm really excited for this Night City Wire. What I am most likely going to do is if this does well and impresses me, I'm going to cancel my Avengers pre-order 
and I'm going to just throw that 60 right over to Cyberpunk and, and just let it be. I like your style. Into the movie section now, Sam. Only a couple different stories here. Sonic 2 is coming. It's confirmed, even though you probably kind of knew that already. It was kind of inevitable. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the movie actually made a lot of money. So right off the bat, like I, that tells me that the sequel was made. And, of course, if you stayed and watched the mid-credit scene, that just basically cemented a sequel. Yeah, and uh, we won't give away the spoilers, but definitely want to check it out, especially if you were thinking something was going to be appearing in the main film. Just stick around. It will not disappoint you. Um, yeah, yeah I, I just thought it was, it was, I know, you know, we definitely disagreed on the film, but I just thought it was a lighthearted, funny movie that had, that actually had heart. And it was at the time was exactly what I wanted. Let me, I, I need to preface this not to go too verbose into it and too much, but like Sonic, I watched it in a crappy theater on a Friday afternoon um, in my work clothes, like alone in the theater. And I told you there was some shenanigans going on with the theater with some kids who were making some noise and, and heckling a mom. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, I think after all these years, I think, you know, you owe it to Sonic to give it a rewatch. I, I think I have to, um, you know, I didn't give it my full attention. I admit that I didn't find it funny when I was paying attention, but maybe I just have to give it a rewatch and, and I, I plan to, don't get me wrong. I, I absolutely do plan to, cause why the hell not when it, when it comes to a free platform eventually, um, yeah. But yeah, I I'm very I'm very happy that's that Sonic Two is happening. I think Sonic Two the game is better than Sonic One the game. So I'm hoping the same thing for the movie, my friend. Hoping for the same thing for the movie. Uh, in the Universal Monster Verse, which I thought was dead after the Mummy flopped, apparently we're getting a Wolfman film, and we found our Wolfman in Ryan Gosling. I mean, I, I like Brian Gosling. I think he's a good actor. Sure. Like you, I, like you, I thought the Monster Universe kind of was dead. Um, I know the Dracula un, Untold, that did pretty good with um, Luke Evans. I, I thought he was great as Dracula. I want to see him come back. Uh, the Tom Cruise mommy, uh, you know, they, they definitely, I think they dropped the ball on that one. But maybe this is kind of the reboot to restart that Monster Universe. And you know, I'll watch it because I like the Wolfman. Yeah. Uh, and in the MCU... J.K. Simmons is returning uh, as J. Jonah Jameson, but he did have a caveat is I signed a contract, but that doesn't mean they actually need me. It's just like a just in case thing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's basically what they do to every superhero actor, actress now that if they have there's potential just in case we're going to sign you for four. So if we need you down the road, we got you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's great. He's perfect for the role. So I'm, I'm happy to see him back. He's one of my favorite pieces of the Spider-Man universe. And I'm talking about J. Jonah Jameson in general, but when it's played by J.K. Simmons, he brings that character to another level. Yeah, I agree. He, he was great. He's always been great. He's never had a bad performance as, as, uh, as uh, J. Jonah Jameson. So let's move into the television section where we have a couple different reviews to read and then some impressions as well. Going to start out with the IGN review of Space Force uh, and then tell you what I thought of it. Though Space Force finds a sure footing as the season progresses, it's still unable to decide what kind of comedy or dramedy it wants to be. And when every uh, every I'm sorry, when every element of the series corners our heroes at the end, it doesn't feel like the show's on the right course. There are genuine pockets of hilarity and warmth to be found, often in their own standout bubbles but nothing quite fits together the way you'd expect from a team of pros with plenty of comedy hits under their belt. Six up. Yeah. Well, that's basically exactly what I heard. The first episode wasn't even that funny. 
But I did hear the more he went on, I guess it, it got a little bit better, but it was just, it still left more to be desired. I think it was pretty irredeemable. I watched the whole season and I didn't, I must, I can count on one hand the amount of times I laughed. And I promise you, I was trying. I, I, I promise you, I was trying. Like, with, with, like, especially like they said, with that cast, it just looked like it was going to be like then maybe the next office or the next hit. And, and it, it, it's a shame, shame to see that Steve Carell What a cast between Carell, Malkovich, the whole group. I wanted to laugh so hard. I wanted it to be great. But from the jump, it just sucks. And that's no disrespect to the writers or anything like that. But it's just so unfunny that it makes it hard to go on. I know we're going to disagree on this statement, but it reminds me of Disenchantment, which I thought was, was just a bomb. Of a show. Oh, the, the, the macaroni thing? Yeah, and I thought that bombed from episode one, and I didn't think it was any good even later. And and I get people – here's the thing, right? It's the old theory of if you just get through the first 15 minutes, you'll love the rest of the movie. That's bullshit. Like if you just get through the first four episodes, the other four or five or six are great. I don't want to waste two hours just to get to the good stuff. If it doesn't get me, it doesn't get me. I have plenty of other shows to watch. I did watch it all. And and it was just. And you said, "I wish I had my time back." It was it was awful. It was Sam. It was awful. It's a shame. It is a shame, my friend. Uh, let's move on to the review for HBO Max, and this is IGN's review. I don't have the service, Sam. You, you know don't what? have the service, so this is just the uh, impressions of the reviewer. It's long, so strap in. Oh, my feet are up. Warner Media's HBO Max streaming service has an impressive library of beloved shows and movies to binge, offering what is arguably the most robust and broad selection of recognizable properties for both adults and kids. But there are some glaring missteps that need to be addressed in order for it to be a true competitor to Netflix. The lack of 4K streaming and no support for Roku or Amazon Fire should be at the top of every streamer's to-do list. The service also loses points for some head-scratching omissions from its launch library, from tentpole properties like the Nolan Dark Knight trilogy to Christopher Reeve's Superman and animated classics like the Batman animated series, the latter of which is available on HBO Max's sister service, DC Universe, making their absence even more confusing. However, if you're already an HBO subscriber, for the same price, HBO Max opens the door to an incredible array of new and classic titles as well as a few entertaining original series with the promise of more to come. Seven up. That is correct. Oh, look at me. Two for two. Two for I mean, two. I mean, I'm just, I only have enough students. I got, you know, DC Universe. I got Netflix. I got Amazon Prime, DC Universe. Like, I, I'm good. So I'm just going to just wait until the Snyder Cut. I have ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, Hulu, Netflix, Prime. I got a lot. I got so many. Um, yeah, like there's 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 really no need for HBO Max right now. And it's there's cool. No WWE Network's another one. It's cool. This new television has apps in the TV for all of them except for Twitch. I was ex- surprised to hear that Twitch was an omission there. Um, so I still have to watch that through my PS4, but what whatever. What are you going to do? Um, oh, can, yeah, tough, tough times. I know. I'm two clicks away from Royal Rumble 1993. It could be worse. Yeah. Uh, the Cobra Kai series, which the first two episodes were just terrific, uh, is, all re- is reportedly leaving YouTube for another major streaming service for its season three, but we don't know yet 
what uh, streaming service that is, and also if the first two seasons are going to come with it or if they're going to remain on YouTube. I mean, I'd imagine that the first two seasons are going to come with it. Don't know, though. It depends, man. Depends. I I just can't see someone picking them up for the third season. Like, oh, no, no, but we're not going to have the first two. To me, it just doesn't add up in my head. It doesn't. You're absolutely right. But in this crazy world, would it surprise you? No, I mean, you know, you're, you're not wrong. But th- this is a show that I, I have been slacking on. I had been hearing great things. I mean, like my, my comedian, one of my favorite comedians, Brent Erste, is a little part in it. I think he's like the car salesman guy, I think. But, he, I mean, yeah, he is. He is. He is the car salesman. One of. There is. Mo- there are multiple car salesmen, and he is one of them. I well, so, I mean, I'll, I'll get to it. It's just, you know. Dude, have you, have I, you I started it yet? <laughs> No, I haven't seen one second of it. Oh, dude. So I got hooked on it in like 15 or 16, 17, whenever it dropped. They dropped the first episode or two for free, and then you had to pay 10 bucks a month yeah, for YouTube rest, Red yeah. or whatever it was at the time, YouTube Originals. I forget what they used to call it. But, dude, those first two episodes were freaking great. And I think YouTube recently unlocked the whole thing for free. I'm, yeah, I thought I, I thought I read it might have been a little while ago that the first season was free. I'm not sure if two is. It, it might be. It's, it's been that long. But yeah, I, I'll definitely give the series because I don't think YouTube is doing originals anymore that are paid content. So I think they might have just unlocked it all. I don't know because now I'm interested, and I think when I'm editing this tonight, that'll be my background show. I think the Wonder Years can take a break for a second. Yeah, I agree. Last week, last week, my my companion for editing was Dolomite is my name. So, um, what are you gonna do? Good, good, good first half. Didn't love the second half, but good first half. Really good first half. All right. Next up, uh, Batwoman will reportedly, reportedly not be bringing back the character of Kate Kane and will look to make a new character, a brand new character, the protagonist moving forward. So it's a little less stress on them to have to recast Ruby Rose. They can just kind of move in a new direction. Yes. I mean, I, I think this, I, I guess I think this is a good idea. I mean, in case it may be Ruby Rose wants to come back for, you know, something later down the road. And this is something that they can kind of just maybe make up a new character and they really don't have to go by the comics and kind of just go on their own now. Just you want to change the lead actor, though. I I think this this second season is going to be tough for Batwoman. Um, I have an example of of that, of it being a little tough. And then also a theory. The example of it is Spartacus. And now, don't get me wrong, it was for a completely different reason that it was recast. But uh, what was it? Liam McIntyre, I believe, was the second Spartacus. Yep. That show is not of, even though it's good, it does not have the same quality as the first season. That first season is so supremely spectacular. Yeah, that even even like I like the miniseries with Gannicus. Gannicus, I, I thought Gannicus, and he and he, yeah, Gannicus rocked. That miniseries was excellent. Now I might want to go watch that. Holy smokes, there's so much. So good I mean, stuff. like it, to me, like obviously with Liam McIntyre, I, I think he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, it's but just, it's tough. You, it's tough shoes. You you couldn't follow Andy's foot. Like I mean, he did the, the. I don't know if anyone could have did it better, but yeah. to follow what Andy did in season one, I, I mean, I, I got to give I got to give Liam. Kudos. Did you ever watch that uh, documentary they made about? I, his... I, I did not. I'm not ready to. It's I did, and I cried like a baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready for that. Man. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I'm, I'm not ready. Um, I only watched those last two seasons of Spartacus once, and that was as they aired. So I think it'll be interesting for me to go back and give it a rewatch because there's some good stuff in there that I, I don't oh, I'm doing for the whole series. It's like I've been like yeah. after that series, I'm a lifelong fan of Manu Bennett, who's after that was Deathstroke, and he was on Shannara Chronicles, and kind of you know popped up and stuff here and there. Don't, don't and I'm forget. a lifelong fan of basically all the actors. Don't forget Jai Courtney, who was also in Suicide Squad. 
Yeah. Hey, can't, can't forget he What was he? Ca- Captain guy. Boomerang? Or something? Yep. Yeah. Um, and then my theory is, I think that they're recasting. I think this isn't the reason, but it's a reason. I think they're recasting because the first season was just met with meh reviews and kind of meh ratings and kind of meh fan reception. And, oh, this- dude, and, and, and it's justified. Like The whole first season was just blah. It had its moments, but overall... So this is a chance for them to kind of reboot it and get it back on the track. They want maybe bring a new exciting flair to it and almost kind of give it like that breath of fresh air it needed. But if you need a breath of fresh air after just one season, that, that has some, some tough, tough road to sell. All right, let's that's, that's it for the news tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we're going to get into our top three tonight and then Sam's going to give his CGC spotlight and we'll get on out of here. But our top three for the evening is going to be, our, we wanted to do a fun random one. We always have fun with the randoms. Our top three least, our top three least favorite sodas. Sam, kick us off. Okay, so my list, I don't know if you'll have any of these on your list just because these are kind of like weird sodas that I tried and that were absolutely disgusting. Yeah. My number three, salted caramel Pepsi. <laughs> they release this usually around the holidays. Yeah. I think I had it last year or the year before and it I basically want to throw up just thinking about it. I, I don't even know why I bought it. I, mean, I like caramel. Oh, let me get us all the caramel. No, not with Pepsi. Disgusting. No one try it. Never tried it. Never knew it existed. Had no idea. Disgusting. Now, I took two two liberties in my top three um, because I hate these so much that I went rogue and, and, I, and I'm playing with it a little bit. Uh, my number three is every single spin-off flavor of Mountain Dew except for Code Red. I think they all okay. suck. I think every one of them. Baja Blast blows and Extreme Wipeout stinks. Like I don't want any of it. Okay, the, I'll Mountain Dew is my number 1. Really? The like the the original? Original Mountain Dew, Raspberry Citrus sucked and there was another one that I, I think I, I love mango but whatever I think it was lime I think it was called and it, it was just it it's just sugar overload and it's just horrible wow yeah i i I know like i I remember a lot of my buddies drank mountain dew back in the day it was i don't know i was i was like a sprite guy so mountain dew it just did not agree with me mountain dew was always like my treat like if i wanted to treat myself i went with a mountain dew it was always a little too much for me like you said a little too sugary a little too too a little too caffeinated but i'm definitely a code red guy like that to me is better than regular mountain dew hand over fist can't convince me otherwise and even Diet Mountain Dew can be pretty good sometimes, but all those other spinoff flavors just they blow chunks for me. I mean, I don't think I'll ever have anything Mountain Dew ever again, like ever. It's just I don't like if like my treat is a root beer or a cream soda. They're they're, they're my treats. Yeah, I actually just bought a case of root beer this morning, thinking it was Diet root beer because they look very similar. And I got home realizing it was regular, and Asher was like, "I'm not drinking regular." I said, "Oh shucks, I guess I have to." Yeah, see, like I'm not even a dog. I don't like. I could have just said any diet soda. I like I diet. Hate diet soda. I like diet Dr. Pepper and diet root beer. Diet root beer legitimately tastes just like, and diet birch beer is amazing, but it's, I'll it's do aftertaste. you do because you gave your number one, give us yeah. your number two and then I'll go two and one in. Yeah. You just finish this out. Yeah. Okay. So another one was another little flavor kind of thing. Um, and this one aligns where I like big red gum. Um, I've had, you know, the Fireball whiskey, which I, I really can't drink anymore in my stomach. But I tried Pepsi Fire. I remember that. Yep. It, you know, it had cinnamon in it. And I said, you know what? I, you know, like I said, I, I like Big Red Gum. Let me just give it a chance. Uh-uh. 
whatever it is, but Pepsi caramel, Pepsi fire. No, just stick with regular old Pepsi. You could throw a twist of lemon or a twist of lime in there and I'll, I'll enjoy that though. Pepsi lime was amazing. What about, what about, what about, what about Pepsi blue? How'd you feel about Pepsi blue? I I think I, dude, it's been so long since I had Pepsi blue, but I remember I I used to drink it habitually and it was awful. Um, I never liked it. I think I liked it because I mean I'm just not having a bad memory. Just oh, when you say bad sodas like caramel and fire, like that, as soon as you said that, I was like them two popped in my head right away. Yeah. Now I'm gonna get the other shit post out of the way here. My number one is legitimately a soda. I probably don't hate it as much as the others, but because it's actually just one soda, I made it my number one because I went with a flavor thing for number three, and it's literally every single spinoff flavor of ginger ale. I don't want. The green tea lemonade ginger ale and the cranberry ginger ale. I don't want any of it. Ginger ale to me is a perfect drink. It's perfect soda. It's my yeah, number. You know, I remember when I was younger, if you have your stomach ache or sick Dude. or some have a little ginger ale, you're good. Birch beer, cream soda, and ginger ale. The the perfection of soda right there. The Mount Rushmore of soda. You can throw a root beer on there. And it's like, <laughs> why did you mess with a perfect thing and make it cranberry? Cranberry. Uh, you want? I, I I like cranberry, so I, I can't agree. With me you too. There. Me too. I love cranberry juice, right? But like, so you want to you want something that clogs my ass but makes me piss at the same time? Cranberry ginger ale. Think, think about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then my number one, uh, it is the it is in third place for me, maybe even fifth if you count Surge and Mellow Yellow. I hate Seven Up. Okay, seven. Yeah, I, I haven't. I do. I haven't had seven up in twenty years, dude. I am a Sprite guy through and through, right? If I want my lemon yep, lime, same. I go yep. with Sprite. Seven up is such a flat, shit, awful uh, spinoff. But I will say that the the spot logo, cool spot, was for Seven Up is banging, and that video game back in the Super Nintendo Genesis days was actually a great platformer. Oh, I thought you were going to say that classroom game. Wasn't there a game that we used to play Seven Up? Oh, in, cla- in class where you like put your head down and someone taps your head, you have to figure out who tapped you or something. No, 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 isn't it? Don't you turn the lights off or something too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the lights are off, and then when someone taps your head, you raise your hand. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. And and every single person would look out their elbow. Every single person they would look to the yeah, left yeah, or right. Yeah, that, 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 when you say seven, like that's the shit. I think. <laughs> yeah, dude, you always everybody cheated at that game, and I don't want to hear otherwise. <laughs> yeah. yeah but- I mean, of course, I, I went. I took some liberties and grouped in a bunch of sodas for my three and two. I almost had four picks of the week, so this is a very cheat week for me. So I figured, even though I probably hate the ginger ales and the Mountain Dews more than Seven Up because it's the one true single soda on the list, I had to make my number one because it's just, it's just a f- fake ass Sprite, man. It's just a wannabe. That's it. That's e- it. For me. Even that, even though it's probably been around before Sprite, I have no idea. I think Sprite's a Coca Cola brand, to be honest with you. I'm pretty sure. Uh, all right, Sam. So, uh, what is your CGC spotlight for the week? CGC spotlight this week, we got. A little, I think it's a little special one. Justice League of America, number forty-three, 9.0, off white white pages. It's the first appearance of the Royal Flush Gang. But this is a pedigree. This is the Circle Eight pedigree. So, obviously, a pedigree comics they come from a large accumulations or collections that are unusually high quality and many times represent the highest graded like on the census. So they, they have to meet a certain type, like a certain type of criteria. Usually the person would have to collect the book. Like as soon as the book came out, they've had it since it first came out. So it, it's kind of tough to get um, 
like pedigrees. So the only pedigrees that I saw for this book, I saw obviously Circle Eight, Savannah, John G. Fantanuccio, Twin Cities, and Pacific Coast. So I believe this is the, the only Circle Eight pedigree. So I'm happy to have that. This is a Gardner Fox story. A Mike Skiwitzki and Bernard Sachs art. Mike Skiwitzki and Murphy Anderson cover. This came out March 1966. So you're talking Silver Age book. Um, I my love from the Royal Flush gang came from. If you guys watch Batman Beyond, they were pretty pretty big villains there, and I just love them ever since. Not many graded on the census actually. There's only 98 total blue label graded for this. There's five nine eights, eight nine sixes, nineteen nine fours, nine nine twos, and thirteen nine zeros. So not, not too many at all. I'm just glad that I have the the upper tier. <clears throat> so we only have one story here. It's called the Card Crimes of the Royal Flush Gang. Having invented a I don't even know a stellaration device. A machine which uses the astrological power of the stars to change objects to cause different effects. I, I, I don't even know what the hell that means, but I was like, wow. Amos Fortune has gathered his old childhood friends and have become the latest criminal group known as the Royal Flush Gang. Again, I, I mainly picked this up just because it's, it's a pedigree. I think I own two pedigrees now and my love for Batman Beyond. I love the Royal Flush Gang. So if you want to check the book out, We'll post the picture on our Instagram, and the book was Justice League of America, number 43. By the way, uh, I can confirm that Cobra Kai is still not free. It is a part of YouTube Premium. Pissed. Yeah, so they have episode one, two, one and two available from season one, and episode one from season two available uh, for free, but the rest of it is on YouTube Premium. Yeah, so I, hopefully maybe it'll go to Netflix and then they'll get the whole show and then I can binge. The I show. hope it goes to Hulu, man, just because you don't have it. That's, that's <laughs> All right, everybody. That was episode 189, short, sweet, and to the point today. Our first time under an hour and God knows how long, at least for a main series episode. Uh, Since your teeth got pulled. Yep, yep. So it has been fun. Um, I appreciate the uh, the nice little little break tonight from going two hours. It was nice. Yeah, you know, there's a lot going on. It was a long week, so it, it's good to, you know, get this, get this one in and out. Yeah, and hopefully news picks back up in, in the coming days, and, and we're ready to get kind of back to it for episode 190 next week. And uh, I'm excited for that. But you know what? No matter what, the week after that is going to be big because we'll have impressions of the Isle of Armor for Pokemon Sword and Shield. And I would imagine within those two weeks' time, the PS5 will be revealed. So pretty soon we're going to be rocking and rolling uh, with the Night City Wire, the PS5, ex- Pokemon expansion, all the news coming up. So really excited for that. And uh, with that, thanks everybody for listening. This was episode 189. We will see you next week for episode 190. Autobots, roll out. <laughs>